And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, uh, well, uh, we're back where we began, Brian. Uh, <laughs> it, does, it does feel like home in that way, doesn't it? What is it? Time is a flat circle? Yeah. Um, where did that come we're from? back to that Spencer from? Dinwiddie, Joe Harris-led team. <laughs> where We're hoping a, uh, a superstar wants to come here because we have assets to give them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Kevin Durant has been traded. Breaking news. And we're going to talk about that and what Sean Marks did at the deadline and what he didn't do yeah. at the deadline. This is this is the pot of the century. Okay. So All right. Well, let's we'll get into buckle it. Buckle up. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys, netstaley.com, The Athletic. Get yourself by the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys, a subsidiary of the New York Times Company. Yeah. Brian. Michael, did you wake up to some notifications this morning? Actually, I saw them before I went to, I was up late last night and I saw them before I went to bed and I just rolled over and I was like, oh God, tomorrow's tomorrow's a waste. <laughs> Tomorrow, just throw it out. Throw it right you, out. You rolled over, went into a cocoon and just like, That's pretty just much what I did. Up yeah. When September ends. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, people were like, uh, you can't say the Nets are back. Frankly, the Nets have never been. This is truly the Nets are back. I mean, if, I mean, do you have the drop handy? You don't. It sounds like you no, don't. no. Of course yeah. not. No, I'm not nearly prepared for this. Um, <laughs> I was going to say this is an exciting show. It, it's kind of it's completely odd and terrible and awful and but yet predictable. And we are here. We are at the end of the clean sweep era. The clean sweep Nets are officially dead. Mm. DeAndre Jordan was the first one to go. Kyrie just a few days ago and now uh your boy kevin durant uh got moved very quickly uh when it didn't seem like maybe he wouldn't though we had heard like people like evan roberts went on the radio yesterday to say i know kevin durant's gonna get traded likely to the phoenix suns i had heard from other people that like various through the grapevine stuff like oh it's a done deal, Kevin Durant to Phoenix, mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe it. I yeah. just couldn't like really like they they. And we'll talk about all this. You make the Dorian Finney Smith trade, Dinwiddie trade, knowing that you may trade Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant's there on the sidelines, and you're like, oh, that's a good sign. And then you did a social media video for LeBron from yeah. that was released by the Nets, congratulating LeBron on his scoring record. It was like. It's all setting up. Yeah. Let's play off run with Kevin Durant. And here we are. You know, we've been talking about needing three and D wing defenders for a long time, Mike. And management 
hurt us. They're like, you want you want wing defenders? You're gonna get nothing but wing defenders if you keep this up, <laughs> and that's and that's what we got. Because um, I don't know what our rotation is gonna look like, and we can get into this, but um, lots to dissect. But in general, um, so you you want to have faith that there's a, a greater plan in these types of things, Mike. You wanna you wanna believe that we're not just kind of impulsively wheeling and dealing, you know, just just um, making these moves that a lot of foresight or forethought. And um, there's a couple of little breadcrumbs that make me like, you know, we, the deal in a vacuum is one thing. Breadcrumbs about what did and did not happen during this incredible trade deadline. Like we can, can we say it was incredible? It was really newsy. Um, yeah. That make me think that it was kind of a, a little bit slapped together um, job. You know, there's, we could talk about this, but I think as part of we, the, my framing for, for talking about these trades, like you want to believe, okay, we have, we, ha- we knew we were going to do this for a while. We had our targets set and it doesn't kind of feel that way. And that's my one lingering little bit of doubt in this whole thing. Mike, that's my well, doubt. Are you alluding to the Joe side late night phone call? Is that what you're, I'm, I'm, to, I'm alluding to that a little bit, but I'm more alluding to like, you know, we have Seth Curry apparently still in the roster. You know, we've got yeah. a lot of, um, a lot of loose ends, I would say in this trade deadline, there's, there's a whole lot of guys who are just all of a sudden not going to get, I mean, are we going to play Seth Curry minutes on this team right now? Like, I don't see how we could possibly do that. So I, I don't know. There's weird question marks that are still kind of afoot with all this. Yeah. I, I So to, to go first to the trade. So the reporting that we got from Adrian Wojnarowski was that the Suns were about to pivot to a John Collins trade that Matt Ishbia, who a guy I hadn't heard of a week ago is now, the name on the top of everyone's tongue you know it's interesting too it's matt with one t one t that's that's maybe that's maybe a reason why he's a deranged individual yeah you know <laughs> sounds Completely like a deranged. Yeah. so matt ishbia this is from woj i'm reading from his story on the direction of his new owner matt ishbia general manager james jones texted nets gm sean marks sometime after 11 p.m et and it wouldn't be long until ishbia and nets owner joe Sai had cobbled together the final elements of the blockbuster trade, teasing to the end of the episode, Brian and I are going to do Glue Guys Theater. Well, Brian will be Josiah. I will be Matt Ishbia. There's so much to talk about with the trade. Okay. And I'm going to say that over and over again because yep. there is. Yeah. A lot of dimensions. I am. It's the multiverse trade. Sorry. I am deeply concerned that, that this was just hashed out by owners. Now, I who doesn't love first round picks and who doesn't love like if I had to choose between Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton yeah I would rather have Bridges and also I need to remind people uh if you trade for Ayton you have to get rid of Ben Simmons and the Nets probably wanted to get rid of Ben Simmons it's kind of hilarious that Ben Simmons is that's the guy that's here mm-hmm. like he's here yeah. <laughs> not anyone else <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> But, like, I think it was pretty evident that it was hard to find a home for Ben Simmons because his contract is so large. Yeah. And he's such, you know, a zero at this point that it's really hard to grapple with even a team like the Jazz or the Spurs saying, we're going to dedicate any resources for Ben Simmons, who may never be more than an eight point per game score. As a Nets fan, mm. having Joe Sy jump in and uh bogarting this situation yeah is bad bad i don't again talk about the trade it's fine it's the implication that like 
you know, Shams Shams put out this tweet. You probably didn't see it. He did like he works for Stadium, mm-hmm. which is a streaming TV service on okay. some level. Sounds cool. Friend of the show. Yeah. Shams Sharani. And he was explaining the thinking behind the Nets trade was that this summer when Kevin Durant requested the trade, the Nets promised him that if he ever felt like he wanted to be traded again, they would work with him on finding a new home. And we understand that KD wanted to go to Phoenix. And so very quickly, the Nets acquiesced to this trade request. I don't like, I don't understand why teams continually do this. Why they think that because they are going to help out a superstar max contract player go to the place that he wants to go to, that that will do anything for them in the future. Mm. I, you know, basically, I think I think this team, while the return is fine, none of these guys are ever going to be all-stars. And I would have been very interested to say, okay, KD, if you don't want to play for us, fine. You don't have to play for the rest of the year, but we will trade you in the offseason when the rest of the league... One, there's like a whole cycle of first-round picks that then could be traded, and more teams could be in the bidding. So you you don't think we got a fair shake, Mike. It sounds like you think we got a a bad deal here. That's what I'm reading, but in the subtext. It felt like it was was two businessmen hashing it out on the golf course, buying and selling on the golf course. Let me add a qualifier to this because I had the same sentiment, and I posted it in the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. That's discord.gg slash glue guys. and uh, somebody was quick to respond that um, Billy King has been on the record saying that anytime two stars are, or a star is being dealt, the owners will always have a conversation about it. Take that for whatever it's worth. But apparently it's it's somewhat uh, following a, a, a protocol. All right. Yeah, but they, they in this, it's not. So it's not. That's false. Okay. They The owners don't make the deal. You know what owners make deals? Like literally are the ones choosing assets because that's what Woj is reporting, that Matt Ishbia and Josai were cobbling together the final elements of the trade. Yeah. James Dolan is that owner. We make fun of James Dolan for years. Yeah. I don't know if you know. I did a documentary about James Dolan's ownership. Hell of a documentary. And that like, so the Carmelo Anthony trade, when the Knicks traded for Carmelo, it was Masai Ujiri with the Nuggets negotiating with James Dolan. Mm-hmm. And that's why that trade ended up as it did. Now, we can go on the other side of this, but uh, new in- new owner syndrome. Matt Ishbia was inducted just, what, three days ago, and he's already trading the team's first-round picks into 2029. Yeah. And I like that. I like taking advantage of the new owner. I And I don't even know what I could say of like, what would be the better version of this. The only better version of this is if you flip Ben Simmons and you get Aiton back like that to me, as much as I don't like really care about DeAndre Aiton, he's like a, a guy and you know, yeah, him and Nick Claxton make no sense together, but Ben Simmons, I have uh, very little faith in Th- that is my, I, I am, that worries me mm-hmm. that this, uh, that Joe Sy, I mean, he's revealed time and time again about how involved he is with this franchise consequentially. And whether good or bad, mm. right? Like, I like that he was a little hard with Kyrie on the vaccine and a little hard with Kyrie. But then that became more of a city ordinance issue, as we know. Sure. Um, I like that he was hard with him about anti-Semitism. I love that. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Uh, him making the most impactful deal. In fr- is this more impactful than Garnett Pierce? I mean, we'll, we'll, that time will tell. I think Garnett Pierce is probably still going to end up being because, <laughs> well, like, ultimately you're you're giving up your future. 
for yeah, bad players. We're the ones that are getting the future assets. So in that sense, we're you know we're onboarding the things that are easy to kind of parse out and trade individually. You you did a little research about the guys coming here. I did. Uh, Bridges, Cam Johnson, mm-hmm. not Jay Crowder. Not Jay Crowder. I, think, I didn't touch I that. I think the Nets are actually going to get the five. Yeah. Just to review what the Nets did, they 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 made the big KD trade for Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks in a swap. I think that's what it was. Uh, the Nets sent out TJ Warren, mm-hmm. who I always, you know, I was a fan of, yeah. big fan, and Kevin Durant. And then they also then sent Crowder to the Milwaukee Bucks for I still am unclear if they actually got the five first round picks or if like two of them yeah. got rerouted to Indi- Indiana, but for just a, a a ton of second round picks. What did you see in your film study of Bridges sure. and Cam Johnson? What did you like? What did you find out? Well, you I know? got it. I found it pretty easy to get excited about Mikael Bridges in in particular. I mean, and again, I, my research also uh, included what it always does, which is to go to the Suns subreddit or respectively, whatever team we're trading with uh, their subreddit. And I will say, I, I don't think I saw anyone just be um, right down the, the, the main line, like just positive about this trade. Everybody to a man was like, I'm going to, I may not watch like I, I love Mikhail Bridges so much. He was like part of the reason why I started watching this. Like just the the vibe check on Bridges is, you know, he's soaring over the vibe check. It is it is a uh, a massive <laughs> box checked on that. Um, and then uh, when I, there was a, good, a really good Twitter uh, thread by kind of a it seemed like one of those types of um, you know, posters who like do like a, a thread of mine, you know, kind of like one of those, just a, a guy in the community, right. That, that seems to know things. And he had a really good one on bridges uh, over the last 14 games, which um, Devin Booker only played in, in one of the last 14 games. Um, and, and bridges had like, he's averaging like 23 points per game, like five assists, give or take. Um, and on really good shooting percentages, had a bunch of clips of it. And it's like, got me excited to the idea. Like, Oh, that could be like a, like more of a, um, could be more of an actual scorer, like an actual ISO scorer. Not necessarily ISO, but um, he's got a lot of... Well, here's what the one thing I really like about it. Fast break stuff, Mike. We're going to be fast breaking again. We're really going to be breaking. We're going to be breaking... Dude, I know I wanted to trade Ben Simmons, but a, a Ben Simmons, Bridges, DFS, yeah. Claxton, um, there, oh, Cam Johnson lineup, just, just yeah. all six, eight to seven feet tall super athletic switchable dudes yeah I, I, you know i tweet out this and this is true i think the nets are, the nets are going to be in the playoffs unless their season like really tanks unless if they this team is just so bad for some reason for the construction of it overall they're going to be in the playoffs i'm not saying they're like any more threatening than obviously it'd be better if they had Kyrie and kd but they won't be fun they won't yeah. be fun to play bridges and cam johnson and dfs and Claxton and Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Yeah, the, you know the team's still interesting in that sense. And Cam Thomas. And Cam Thomas, who I mean, we haven't even spoken about his the the Cam Thomasons. I mean, my gosh, that's it's really. Um, I mean, we have to revise our takes, Mike. We may have to actually publicly revise some of these old takes on Cam Thomas. Well, you had the proper when we were talking on the phone. You had the proper recontextualization was that we always wanted cam thomas to be on a really crappy team well yeah here you we, go <laughs> it's just so you know? yeah to be us um 
<laughs> yeah, that is true. That's that's how we did decide to um, to turn our L's into W's, um, which is which is what we do here. Uh, I, but yeah, it, I, it, I'm I, excited for like a couple of things. I'm excited to be able to like talk basketball again because like as I've been yes. thinking about this and processing this, like you know, over the course of this whole three and a half years, I mean, I'm sure we're going to go back to this a lot. It feels like a fever dream now. Like it's sort of over, but like not really. I haven't really processed it. I'm getting a lot of feelings. Like have you ever um, done like the the last day in a job or something like that, where you're kind of oh, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you, you feel like you still have to do things and like, you know, cover up, but it's then it's the day's over and it's like, whoa, whoa. Like that was a weird period of my life that I don't have to think about ever again. Or like, you know, I don't have to do the same daily motions and like have the same conversations over again. It's just a different paradigm, new paradigm. Well, it's, uh, you know, on Twitter, you were seeing Kyrie Irving responding to Kevin Durant getting traded. You saw Kyrie talking about his time in Brooklyn, how after year, this was his quote, after year one, Kevin and I basically both wanted to get out of there because, there, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, my God. Which is so for real? goddamn ridiculous. It's <laughs> for real. I mean, that's the other part, too. Like, going through the like, Sun subreddit, they're, like, actually even more than the Mavs fans, which I don't know if that, what that says about it, but they were like, I'm worried about Kevin Durant and his drama, which, you know, we don't really think of Kevin necessarily just because we have such a focal point for the drama as, like, a dramatic person. But, like, in his own right, he had some moments there of just, like, asking for treatment. You know, despite doing counterintuitive things like signing huge extensions with us after you know a very short amount of time like this maybe that's true for them or something but like their actions and what they say it's all over the place They're difficult people to figure out um they had been yeah and you're right about this whole like that reflective that the phantom limb of the clean sweep team of the kd Kyrie, then harden and obviously at one point the the battles that you would have to fight the the fans that you would imp- that would be in your mentions on Twitter like the the whole first take the fact that like if the Nets would had an embarrassing national TV game that then you would have to hear about it on ESPN if you watched ESPN yeah and then you'd be bombarded with videos on social media from what was said on ESPN all that's gonna go away you know and all of Ben Simmons will continue to be a lightning rod. I think Ben Simmons will continue <laughs> yeah, to be sure. a punching I mean, bag. For I'm excited like though for Smith. those conversations or just like, I mean, I'm looking at this like roster and there's going to be for the people who are left, who are watching this team still, which, and I'm more excited to watch that with you guys than, than I've ever been. Um, but there's going to be interesting like debates about like, Hey, how come camp Thomas is back out of the rotation? Well, it's like, well, we have, you know, we have also 15 other wing players there. So it's hard to get them. You know, we're, we're going to be talking about these types of things for the first time in a long time. And it's interesting too, because like, as we've, as I process this last three and a half years, what I think ultimately felt so kind of deflating about the thing was that again, our star players only played this fleeting few minutes together on the court at any given time. But then also, like we're all so looking towards those minutes that the any minutes where they aren't on the floor together, they feel like diminished in value or something. You're not getting, you're not like, it's not the real team. Like, okay, so we're watching this like kind of like fake scrap together team. And as part of that, it's like, well, even if Cam Thomas or Edmund Sumner or whoever has a good night, it's like, it doesn't really mean anything because that's not the real team. It's that his growth is sort of immaterial in the, in the grand scheme of things. So like our narrative arc just kind of was stuck in place forever, just waiting for these guys to play together. And it was even, and we were told constantly, you know, uh, oh, if when Ky- it's so hard when Kyrie's out of the lineup, and then when he's back in the line, like we're we're constantly told by every time Kevin Durant got hurt, every time Kyrie had a vaccine issue or an anti-Semitic film issue 
or Harden had his pulled hammy that continues to be pulled and draped over his body. It, we were told by coaching staffs, by reporters, like whatever you see from Kessler Edwards, like don't worry about it because it's not going to matter. Yeah. Because you're just going to have to only care about the big three. Are they engaged? Don't worry about growth. Don't worry about Cam Thomas. Don't really for a long time. It's like, don't worry about Nick Claxton. He just became so excellent. And, you know, I, it's a very weird feeling because when Kyrie got was when it was Kyrie put in his request when we talked about this on their show, it was both relief because he was such a frustrating player to to try to root for, like to to be on your team because he's so excellent, but he is such outside basketball, such like it's just tough to grapple with, right? Mm-hmm. And but there was that that lingering sort of like underneath the water that crocodile. Mm-hmm. No ripples above the water, but you knew how does Kevin Durant feel, right? Like, how did he feel about the Kyrie move? And obviously, it's very odd that he was sitting courtside at a game. <laughs> very odd he was doing social media stuff for the Nets. But within 24 hours, he was he he indicated through Rich Kleiman or himself to Josiah, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Right. Well, there was another. And the team felt the they felt the need to do it within that quick time period, and not just say, "Kevin, let's finish out the season. We'll get you to where you want to go in the off season when we have sort of more time to consider what we're gonna." They did it so quickly. Yeah, I think I think in general, like the crocodile too, it's not like my understanding of Kevin Durant is he's a little bit led by his emotions and is not super like, uh, he's not a tactician in his crocodile. (laughs) It's like he can flip on a dime and be like, actually I want to get traded. And the uh, Brian Windhorst um, comment from, he was on some ESPN show this morning um, talking about how it's like, this isn't over between KD and Kyrie and that like, you know, expect there to be rumblings about like meeting up in Phoenix or something, which is like, woe onto you, Phoenix. If you like what, what you have set into motion, you, you don't understand how, how much that can complicate things. Oh, and Kyrie and Phoenix. So like Kyrie and his, it's not that he had political stances regarding the vaccine, but his stance on the vaccine was a political issue. Kyrie in Maricopa County with the, <laughs> the, the purple Maricopa state. Maricopa County. It's really, you, yeah. I just love no, St. Maricopa really County. Yeah. Like that, my dream would be to be Steve Kornacki and zooming in mm. on Maricopa County or Clark County yeah. and just in the in the municipal Bucks County. Yeah, come on. Hey, love, Gotta, love the, Bucks the County. burbs is where it's at. Um, and Carrie Lake of it all, and the John McCain, <laughs> the Kirsten, Lake or Kristen Cinema. You know, like <laughs> Kyrie being thrust into that vortex of mm. Maricopa County. Yeah. would be terrifying for those people but for us for for me on the outside i can now enjoy like everything that happened with i was watching the Kyrie game with the mavericks and he was lighting it up and he was electric and he was doing Kyrie things you heard the crowd go ah luca didn't play so luca's just watching from the sidelines and he's smiling they interviewed luca during the game and luca's like you know basically like obviously he's a really good player i think it's going to be great they are in that they're in stage one yeah, the honeymoon uh like really and this is my um uh, friend of mine who's a met like from dallas mavs fan um texted me he's like what what to expect and i, I really told him i was like enjoy enjoy the honeymoon period because once it's gone you're never going to get it back <laughs> it's not well, yeah and for them and we'll get off the mavericks in a sec but like for them having a honeymoon period for like now until the end of the season is great you know, th- there's going to be something this off season that will just totally 
rip apart the team, and Luca maybe will be coming here to Brooklyn. Let's do this. Let's dig into the trade a little bit more. Yeah, let's dig into it. But these I've are got nice. a whole these bunch of high, thoughts about yeah. it to really think about this team long term. And let's not continue. Let's continue to hold on to the thread of properly understanding mm. the Kevin Durant era is gone. Okay, done. Let's do it because at some point we need to have a little moment. Yeah, to- we'll, we'll stay present. We'll do a little. We'll stay present. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back, Brian. Yeah. Quick positive negatives of this trade. Because even though I, I feel very uncomfortable that Josiah was the one cobbling together the trade, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's words, there are things to like and there's things not to like. The things I like is that the Nets got back valuable players. Mm-hmm. Bridges, so people were crushing in a, in a positive way on OG and Anobi. People were like, oh my God, OG and Anobi is going to get... The Raptors get three first-round picks. By the way, the Raptors did nothing. They got Jakob Pertl. They yeah. added at the deadline as opposed to subtracting. Um, you know, everyone's flipping out uh, OG Obi. Bridges is a better player, mm-hmm. I think. He's on, and he's on a long-term contract where OG Anobi would have been a free agent. He would have been a rental. So, like, there was that brief moment after the Nets made the KD trade when reporting came out that the Grizzlies and Rockets. And I think a couple other teams that reached out to the Nets about Bridges. And I do think it's an interesting alternate path of being like, the Nets could have maybe even gotten like three first round picks for Bridges. They would have been protected and all that stuff. But that's an interesting door to have walked down. Mm-hmm. I think I'm happier with yeah. maintaining Bridges because there's only so many picks that this team could have. And it's not going to make like, I would rather this team to be relevant and good right now because long-term, I think the greatest part about this trade, and which is also my criticism for the rest of the deadline, is the Nets have set themselves up back in that star-hunting territory. 
I don't think they, we're going to get back there, man. I, I honestly don't. I mean, think about the people that oh, we okay. think about the people that we targeted here in this. I mean, Josiah has gone like there was. Uh, there's a quote from years ago or whatever where he's like, you know, I want to be proud of who we put out there. You know, I I would you know this whole thing of like I'm rolling yeah, my eyes, <laughs> sure. Um, but the guys that we targeted at this trade deadline are all sort of the darlings of their teams for their gamesmanship. They're all like the kind of like the heart of the team guys. Um, and I just think that they're, I know that this is, you're still rolling your eyes and stuff I'm like this. I'm rolling my eyes, Dude, man. You do, you well, are so innocent. You're an innocent baby boy. I, I really right don't now. think that like in the short term that there's a whole lot of interest in it. I think what they want to do is. I think we're in for a for an actual rebuild here, Mike. I, I know that that's going to be hard for people to hear, but um, in terms of like disgruntled star hunting, I think if Josiah is the person, I mean, just like let's follow the logic. If he's the one who's doing the deals, or to whatever extent that he's cobbling, we'll call it, where he's cobbling these deals, um, and we're targeting very specific kinds of archetypes of players and building a whole lot of draft equity. Um, what, what does that say to us? I mean, we're, we're, we're doing a rebuild, like a proper rebuild. I, I, so I, I think I mean, for sure it's a rebuild, but I think there's going to be a distinction between, let's say the one that Marks came into, right? I mean, the team is in a totally different place, regardless of whether you think like Bridges is good or bad or whatever, like this team is way better and way more interesting right now than they were and they have more assets in the in the form of these Suns picks in the form of that Mavs pick in the form of the five second round picks that the Bucks threw their way which is just hilarious there's there there I think there were five trades in that involved five second round picks in each of them yeah there was a Gary Payton one there's it was just hilarious it's a five five seconds it's a meme but I don't so I, I guess I maybe it's like a semantics argument okay I for sure think they're in a rebuild I don't think it's a there of course there's no reason to tank and rebuild. I know you're not saying tank. But if you look at this team, the Nets are have positioned themselves sort of in the way that the Knicks did and the Knicks haven't acted on it. The Nets are able to execute a star trade immediately. Now, do they want to do that? I don't believe Joe. Whatever you just said about what Josiah acts <laughs> all that, like all that shit I was saying that you were <laughs> rolling your eyes at. Yeah, because yeah. like Josiah has come out and said, you know, been really strong on vaccines and then let Kyrie play again. He he has said, you know, time and time uh, again, like, oh, I'll pay whatever amount of money. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I just think he just changes his mind like any human. Mm-hmm. And the second that Carl Anthony Towns bats his eyelashes at Josiah, Josiah is going to be like, oh, yeah, let's throw four first round picks at the at the Timberwolves and give them, you know, bridges and something else to get Carl Anthony Townsend here. I don't I don't think that's going to change and like ultimately like here's the list of the names who could become available. Towns, Levine, I mean Levine was almost traded to the Knicks and Trey Young. <laughs> like I those are all names I do not want in this yeah, team. Those no. are all guys I do not want making, in this team. I'm making my frowny face at those names. But unfortunately that's how you probably win basketball games. Cuz if you look at this team right now, they there's no you can't just have good guys. There's no good guy champions. I think anymore. I think they're gonna run out the like at least for a, a certain specific like window of time. They're gonna do the good guy experiment. That's what it feels like to me. If I could just read between, if I if I'm in Josiah's head the way I think I am. I mean, because look at where we are now. We we have <clears throat> this was an ideologically driven like trade season, right? Like because things are kind of in disarray, and for me, it's because um, it's it's hard to 
to dot your I's and cross your T's if you're doing an ideological <laughs> driven sort of um, strategy here for onboarding new players. Um, I, this is maybe like wild, you know, conjecture, and it probably is. That's my sense of what Josiah, at least that's his like mood today, or maybe for the next couple of months or whatever. Um, will that change? I, I agree. We're all humans here. And in our mindset, like I changed my mind on Cam Thomas. Now I'm t- Cam Thomas pilled and he's based. And that's, that's how I feel. Um, talked to me three weeks ago. That was not the case. Okay. So we change, we all change, but I think we're doing a good guy experiment. I got to tell you, there's a minor good guy experiment going on. No, no. I think there's a good guy experiment. I think the experiment would explode the second that again, Trey young or I'm not saying they will, but the nets have set themselves up. So they don't have as many assets as a team like the Pelicans, like the Pelicans or the thunder or the jazz, but for big market teams, their assets are now better than the Knicks. You know, their, their assets are, better than the Lakers and the Clippers. And so that's an interesting path because when I when you look at the bucket of teams who have accumulated assets, Jazz, Thunder, New Orleans, you know, they aren't destinations. Some of them are like, those are, I mean, I love New Orleans. Great town. Beignets, come on. But those are three of the towns that are cities in, in the country in terms of basketball teams that just do not attract free agents. Mm-hmm. The Nets are in this interesting spot where they do have guys on the team who are good, and we'll talk about the team in a sec, and they have all these assets. And so if guys come available and they want to go out to New York, you know, it's like it's not unreasonable to think the Nets are going to go. But I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a, a clearing of the breath mm-hmm. and, and saying, like, can we just not have anti-Semites on the team? You know, let's just uh, – can we just uh, little not nom- have anti-Vaxxers on the team? Yeah. Can we and and Joe Sai, do you think it was that much fun to be an owner of the Nets when Katie and Kyrie had to do everything they said? Yeah. I mean, Brian Windhorst said this today. Um, I think it was on like first take or whatever. He said Katie and Kyrie were happy with their situation when the Nets were saying yes to everything. And the second they started saying no yeah. was when things went bust. <laughs> yeah. Let then, me ask you this. Yeah. Then things went south, Mike. That's what people get. That's what things are going south. They're literally, right? Literally. Southwest. Nice. Um, Let me ask you this. Sean Marks. Okay. So Sean Marks operated at this deadline. We understand from Woj, it seemed like he was pushed out of the deal, (laughs) pushed out of negotiating the Kevin Durant deal. He made the Jay Crowder trade. Um, I thought there was an interesting nugget in Woj's article about the Nets. He named the fact that the Nets go back to you know, aiming to develop and find talent in the draft and that Sean Marks, an assistant GM, I think Jeff Peterson, or good at that, he named the assistant GM. And I always find that fishy because when Woj does that, I think he's indicating like, why would you name the assistant GM? You name him because you're trying to promote him. Mm. I mean, part of the game of being these reporters is it's not like the GMs are always the one who are telling them stuff. It's the assistant GMs because those guys are the ones that are trying to get their name out there. And it's helpful if Woj is boosting you a little bit. I'm just saying keep an eye out, Bri, for that. Sean Marks, Good. there's good and bad there. Does he deserve to stick around with what has happened? Like, does is he, regardless of his abilities... Yeah. And he has abilities. Is Does he deserve an opportunity to continue to run this team when, you know, he ultimately put together the starriest disaster in NBA history? Yeah, I'm 
I'm, I go back and forth on this one just because I think like what happened with Kyrie and KD in particular felt like such a force of nature that just happened at him rather than um, because of his own like his you know just to rewrite history a little bit like you know he he um, created a environment that would attract stars right and then that happened right it was a like moths to the flame like uh, he he got the he got the attention of the people he wanted to but. Um, I don't know if it happened on the right on his schedule, maybe in his internal clock, and if it was the people that he had particularly targeted, and if he knew how to manage those types of personalities. Because we remember, like Kyrie, effectively was like, "I want to go to the Nets, and I'm going to bring Kevin Durant with us, and this is going to happen." Uh, which who says no to that, right? Anyone in their right mind's like, "Yeah, okay, I love that for us." Um, we trade, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell for pennies on the dollar because of it. You know, we clear a bunch of stuff to make this happen, so on and so forth. Fine. Now, don't doesn't it feel like it's sort of a hard thing to do to like just kind of like I mean, and not to say that he doesn't like deserve a whole lot of um, castration and, and all this stuff because yeah, he oversaw a a calamity here, uh, and once you do attract the 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 talent that you've been um, trying to attract, like it's your job to maneuver around that appropriately. But it was such a force of nature. These are two guys, like two most like kind of drama filled you know, bullheaded like stars you could possibly attract. And it's just a lot to expect him to maneuver, maneuver through those landmines. That being said, he's also on the fringes. And we talk about this all the time, had a bunch of wins. Like Nick Claxton is good, is super fun to watch. Like all of his like, you know, draft picks is like Cam Thomas right now is having, who's having a, uh, who's having a bigger Cam Thomas on than Cam Thomas. He's having the most <laughs> Cam Thomas on. Um, so, so like there's a lot of things that he's done well, you know, outside of this main sort of operational disaster that isn't all necessarily his fault. So it's hard for me. It's like how much blame to really assign him. I don't know. It's really difficult. Um, is it the kind of thing that you get shit canned for right away? Probably, maybe. I have no idea. But um, so it, it's I, I don't have like a yes or no answer to whether he's like deserving of, of, of losing his job over this because it's just not that it's not that obvious to me. I, I think Sean Marks may be you know, the founder CEO of a company right. who gets pushed out <laughs> yeah. because he can't actually run he's, the company as it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Cause he can create a team. He can draft and maybe he, he is the right CEO for the moment. And I, yeah, that's the other thing is now he's actually in a better position, like to yeah, do what it, he does best. Yeah. He is now, you know, obviously not obviously, you know, Elon Musk, I guess deserves credit for Tesla. He didn't start Tesla. He was not a founder of the company, and he came on, and then he was such an a- asshole to a lot of people that you know that's how it works. That's sure, that's how sure. you become a good CEO. You have to be an asshole. Um, Sean Marks founded the Brooklyn Nets in a way and built them up, but when it became time to the big boy party, you know, with KD and Kyrie, he really failed. Like he failed. He he made some good moves. He got clacks. He he made the good draft picks. He. Around the fringes, there were some good pickups, though. Really, only the good pickups came this year. If you look at it, like Blake Griffin, not that good. Uh, you know, Lamarcus Aldridge, in and out. Like, there's flaws, and we understand that part of that was the Katie and Kyrie ness of it all, that they were kind of pushing behind the scenes for those older veteran players and not for the Edmund Sumners mm-hmm. of the world. But he failed. I mean, there, it's impossible to say that he did anything but fail while in control. And there's all these other factors. And, you know, there's the vaccine, the blah, 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 injuries, blah, 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 all that stuff. And and you could go through and each say, like, what could Sean Marks have done differently? Well, he couldn't really – what could he have done differently? 
ultimately, the culture that they obsessed over before those guys got here just got completely sucked out of the room and was replaced with uh, bile. Mm, it was wow. re- it was re- replaced with rat poison. Wow! And oh, and he is he is party to it, whether he is a bystander or an active arsonist in in the sucking of the culture. Right? We've had remember we had a podcast like oh the Nets culture's dead. Like I think we had that like three years ago. Mm-hmm. It's got, like how innocent of us to even yeah. think about it that way. Um, and and so you get back to this thing of where. Should he just be fired? You know, I, I made a joke to you on the phone in our pre-show meeting about another business term of how Sean Marks is the CEO of a company that has to fire 15%, 15% of his workforce and then is fired himself mm. and given a golden parachute to get on out of here. Right. I think it's pretty tough to keep him around. Because ultimately, it's sort of like Joe Harris's playoff situation, mm-hmm. how he was so bad in the playoffs that remember like last season, we had such doubts, like remember how bad he was two years ago. So then last season, before he got hurt, it was like, is Joe Harris going to be able to prove himself in the playoffs? Right. Sean Marks is sort of the same way. Maybe he could build this team back up into a contender in three years. Mm-hmm. But then when he they become a contender, is he, did he learn his lesson or is the same sort of faults that happen with this team, whether you can attribute to them or not, is that going to just come back up again and the Nets are going to have an embarrassment of talent, but an embarrassing situation all over again? It's, I, you know, it's almost unanswerable. Yeah. But I just, I just kind of think if you're Josiah, you already pushed him out of the Kevin, you already came over the top and said, I'm going to trade Kevin Durant. I think, I'm gonna think maybe Sean Marks is gone. Either way, in our is. in our appraisal of like if we do go star hunting in the future, I do think, and we can even just like mark this as a epoch in basketball history, not just Nets history, as like EQ is going to be a very important qualifier or just like a, a thing to be not like have a good knowledge base before like bringing on like just star talent, like having uh, those two. Like I'm just like thinking about the energy in the room in the last couple of games versus like you know the last three and a half years again. Like it, it is a it is weird to say that like um, it's it's hard to like pin it down because like they're kind of a uniquely unmanageable star talents and they're together and um, and it kind of created this like vortex of of unmanageability. I don't know that you could ever get yourself into that position again. Just like there aren't two other personalities quite like that in the NBA. I don't think like maybe I'm sure there are, we can think of examples, but yeah, I mean, yeah. we listed like Trey young and towns. I'm like, well, there yeah, are different personalities, different but version of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, as far as like disgruntled stars go, like those are um, kind of in a, in a class of their own. Um, and so anyways, that's to say it's like it, for your first go around for Sean Marks, like you were handed a very difficult managerial task and yeah, maybe you deserve to lose your job because you fumbled the bag and that's, that's what happens when you fumble the bag. Um, but on some level, it's like, you know, he had enough successes on the, again, on the fringes of that where it's like, eh, like if you could keep him around just to like do that part of the job, that would be great. If like have like a, a dedicated, like when you have those disgruntled stars, like invariably when they, when they pop back up, um, maybe hire like a, I don't know what, what kind of like grima worm tongue we need to like, you know, manage those guys, but, <laughs> but, but some, some intermediary where you don't have to work on that so much. Um, 
You know what I mean? Because it's like he has like it. He he has a very rare. It's sort of the Kenny Atkinson thing, right? Like Kenny Atkinson is good. Was you know got his reputation in the same way that Sean Marks did for like setting a culture, building a team from scratch, and implementing like really good systems. And then that has a way of unending itself or ending itself naturally because once it gets good enough, then the star players want to join, so on and so forth. And he's now marketed himself as only the guy that can go to rebuilding teams. And maybe that's where Sean Marks is now because it's definitely not like the end of the road for Sean Marks GM wise. Like I think he's had a pretty good overall like reputation and record so um anyways it's just there's a lot there it's interesting yeah yeah i it's it's such a like everything else with relating to kevin durant kyrie irving the nets there's so many sides to one single issue that you can't besides like you know i tweeted out an anti-semitic video even though it seems like there are two camps you know there's the anti-semites and then there's pro-semites yeah uh sean marks it's it's tough because we look at this team and Nick Claxton's awesome, and Joe Harris was a find. Spencer Dinwiddie was originally, obviously, Sean Marks's find. But if you kind of break out what he had and then what they have now, he had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. What they've turned that into is, you know, like seven first-round picks. Bridges is the star, is the best player that they got in the trade. And Bridges is nice, but he's... He's a guy. He's he's ultimately like a good starter on a really uh, NBA Finals team. He's a good starter on yeah, NBA I mean, Finals team. That's a good. That's a good player. But he is not the guy. Yeah. He's not Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? Like so, like if you're looking at what Presti and each trade is different, but Presti pulled off getting a guy who's now an All NBA player. Bridges is not that. I mean, maybe they thought Ben Simmons would be that, and he's not that. I will add this though. You know, I had been advocating for the Ben Simmons trade. I, I really wanted him to go just because I can't emotion. That's like another emotional lift that I can't. Mm. I just wanted all of it to be shed at this point. You know what? I actually, and, I, and I'll zig it all. I'll zag to your zig here because I kind of, I'm excited to see what Ben Simmons looks like <laughs> with this with this crew. Well, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Now that this team has been destroyed. Yeah. It's kind of better just to keep Ben Simmons and them not having to attach two first round picks to get rid of him. Because yeah. I'd rather have the first round picks and... See if you can keep chipping away. I mean, his value psyche. could not be lower right now. Like, it's just the oh absolute worst time to trade him. Like, it, it, it's you're not going to lose anything by seeing it. Like, because it can't get any lower. Just like it just can't. There's no way. Um, and 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 so real quick. I mean, we're going to talk so much about the guys. I, I felt like this was an important um sort of like emotional like pouring we're, out. We're of, processing stuff, Mike. We're really processing. We're still processing. Yeah. I the the team is. We, we talked about whether they're rebuilding or whatever, star hunting. And I, I, do, I really don't think that they are, like, star hunting this offseason. I don't think they're going to make a trade to get a star. Though, like, Josiah better – he's going to – the ticket sales for this team are – it's going to go back to where we're comfortable with them. Oh, you know, I'm going yeah, go to go to some games again. Like, where they're yeah, my price. Yeah, it's fantastic. Price range. They, they have built a team – with so Bridges has three years left on his deal, around twenty three million dollars per year. DFS Dorian Finney Smith has next also three years left on his contract after this year. I'm saying fourteen million dollars per year. Uh, Cam Johnson's a restricted free agent. He's probably going to get a really big offer. So the Nets actually are going to have to make a decision on that fairly quickly. He had already turned down a four year extension worth about seventeen million dollars a year. So. He's going to get expensive, I think, pretty quickly. Uh, they have a roster of expiring contracts next year. 
Dinwiddie isn't expiring. Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton, Patty Mills. Maybe Nick Claxton's like a thing like, let's try to get that extension done early. Yeah. But they have, and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, two more seasons left after this year. They have still a roster that, if they quickly realize that this team is really bad, they could still trade Bridges this offseason. They could trade Cam Johnson in a signing trade. They could trade Dorian Finney-Smith for first-round picks. So, like, they could even have a more effective tank if they want to. Though, again, there's no reason to tank because the Rockets have a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do this, Brian. Okay. I want to do Glue Guys Theater. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I got to get in Are you ready for the bit? <clears throat> yeah. So do I have a script? Here, do we ever do a let's script? Set, no, no script. Okay. Yeah. Here, let's set the scene. Set the scene. This is Glue Guys Theater. Yeah. I will play the role of Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. Matty one T, and you will play Nets owner yeah. Joe Sy. This is our late night phone call okay. that finally hashed out the computer. Am I calling you or are you calling me? I'm calling you. Yeah, you called me. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, hello? Oh, it, it didn't even ring. You got to wait for it to ring. Bring, bring, oh. bring, bring. <laughs> hello? Ishbia. Yes. Oh, wait, I didn't hear your voice. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I was doing your, I was, yeah, sorry, I was it, copying. Ishbia, you know who this is. Joey T, what's up, baby? I want, I want to cobble stuff. Ishy baby, talk to me. Talk to me. I'm, I'm ready to cobble. I don't know if I'm, I don't know. Shh, not so late. I don't, not so late. It's one in the morning. Claire's sleeping. You gotta be, you gotta keep it quiet. It's dark. It's, it's 1 a.m. It's 1, it's 1 a.m. On a, on a weeknight. Okay. But I want okay. to get the, I want to um, cobble some stuff together here. I want this done. I Ishi, baby, just, give it to me. I just got on the job. I don't cobble what? Yeah, what are we that's the time. That's the time to do things. Give them something to, give them something to talk about. They don't know who you are yet. Surprise. No, no, I, I went to this job thinking that I could just take it slow you know, I bought the team. I'm really excited, but you're you're getting me fired up here. Yeah. What are we talking about? Yeah. Tell you know me what, what we're doing. You know what I'm talking about. It's him, the one you the one that everyone's been talking about. Kevin Durant. Is he available? <laughs> Don't say it so loud, Clara. Clara's sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. Durant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you want? What do you want? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. I want you to five second round picks. You want five second round picks? <laughs> if you have. Whatever it is, make sure it's five second round picks is included. Um, I got some names for you. I want you to. I want you to take a look at the cupboard. Right, open it up. You're at your literal cupboard. All right, okay. go walk downstairs of your of your giant mansion. This is me walking down. Yep. That's you walking okay. downstairs. With the sound of rustling paper. Yeah, because I'm always carrying papers because yeah. I'm making deals in the <laughs> okay. mortgage market. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I want you, my ass. and I want you to pick okay. all of your favorite guys, like anyone who's got heart, like like, like you know, someone who's got like okay. you know, a good vibe to him. Yeah. No, I just got the team's uh, roster today. I just I mean, <clears throat> here's what I got. I got damn it, Ishbia. You want Jake? You want Jay Crowder? <sighs> okay, we'll keep going. Campaign? No, I <laughs> no, no, no. Do you want DeAndre Ayton? You guys would have to spin off Ben Simmons keep going, somewhere keep else. Keep talking. No, no, no. Well, what do you, what, what do you want, yeah. God damn it? <laughs> you know. What do you, you want? You know who I want. You know who I want. Is she? Baby? Say it. No. Say, no. Say it. No. Say it. I Pup- promised my kids I wouldn't. No. What, are the, what do you have in Brooklyn that you don't have in <laughs> Maricopa in County? landlocked Maricopa <laughs> County? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what it is. Okay. 
Bridges. Yeah, that's it. Cam Johnson. <laughs> you got it. That's fucking A right. 15 first round picks. 15. Five second round picks. <laughs> and I get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Do, do we I have do to tell it, my is, GM? No, no. To talk to We're him? not going to say a damn thing to either of our GMs, okay? This stays in the room, all right? First thing tomorrow morning. Actually, Wait. right now I got Woj on the other line. Actually, he's tapped yeah. in. He's been he's tapped the phone. He's yeah, actually, I'm, ta- I'm also texting. <laughs> it's so silly. We should be able to chat together. I'm we should bring him in. Let's him. actually zoom them into this call. Okay, time. zoom in. <laughs> hey, Woj! Woj <laughs> um, is like Cheech and John. <laughs> hey, hey, Woj! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> all right yeah. that was it that was the bit wow we should have i don't feel like i script. lived up to your side you were you're always better at this you, you i mean feel, i you, you i don't know the- who ishbia is so i had a, a advantage of really getting into character because i've just had so much exposure to josiah over the years um but i'm trying to like see how i'm still trying to weigh it anyway so and end of the you, you, seem, scene. you seem pretty disappointed with your performance. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still like, no, I'm trying to read. Depressed. I'm still trying to figure out, did the Nets actually get five first round picks for Jay Crowder? Like, I don't know why this is so hard because how did then, did the Bucks give up seven first round picks overall and send two of them to the Pacers? Like, that's what I don't, I, I just want answers, Brian. Um, five second round picks. Are you excited about that? Huge. That's a huge amount of second round picks. I mean, if and if only Sean Marks has the ability to deploy them in the way that he has over the years, you know, that's that's my hope. Just yeah, just have him be the, like in charge of. He can be like the uh, the czar of second rounders, you know. Like just give him some little. <laughs> that's a good lane. Fiefdom, you know. Fiefdom um, is it fiefdom or fief, fiefdom? Fiefdom, I think. But yeah. overall, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how to sum up my emotions. It, it feels like. Your emotions it's seem like they cratered of, in the course of this of this conversation. You yeah, seem I'm like lower than for when some you reason the caffeine just like dropped. Um, yeah. I, I the, it it's odd to even this is kind of like the thing about a podcast is like we have to like get up and like talk about this team and try to be rational about it and but ultimately Kevin Durant's off the team and you know I really don't like Kyrie Irving and I didn't like what James Harden did at the end of his tenure with Brooklyn with just like quitting basically. Um, but I really liked Kevin Durant. He was a super fun player. Yeah, when actually, he played basketball. I wanted to amend this because, like, his version of being disgruntled isn't like the same, and it's hard to like. I didn't want to kind of create this kind of, you know, there there there's certainly differences between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I just think that like for all of his um, for all of his talent and all this stuff, like he doesn't. Um, He's a light that doesn't that that shines incredibly bright, but it doesn't warm anything. There's not a lot of warmth there. It, like to build a culture around it, to build a vibe, like a winning energy, it's hard for Kevin Durant to be the the beacon of light um, because it's not a it's not a warm light, Mike. It's not. Phoenix is was that a little, fact a very was that a little poetic for, for you? Was that poetic? That felt I loved that it. felt a little. It felt sincere. Let's end on that. Let's, Let's on do that. it, Mike. Where do they find us? If you were going to look for us, where would they do it? Where would you find us? Um, at Twitter at BKGlueGuys.com. This is our last episode ever, so Sayonara. great to you guys. Yeah, don't you don't need to follow us anymore. Just kidding. Just we're gonna kidding. Be, actually, this show's gonna get. We're gonna do. We're gonna crush <laughs> this. This is this is really. This team, if, you know, I, it's not gonna be fun, but it's not an unfun team. Spencer Dinwiddie's back. Mike, we're, gonna, Thomas, we're gonna disagree on, on who needs to get these minutes. There's a lot of equally deserving. Three and D wings on this team were who are all equally deserving of some minutes and and they gotta go to somebody. 
How is Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikhail, Br- Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Yuta Watanabe all on the same team? It's crazy. Wow, it's crazy. that's exciting. Let's find out. Let's find out soon this season on um, the Brooklyn Nets. Anyways, bye, everybody. We're out of here. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.